Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And tonight, prepare to be mystified as we explore the fog and the mist. <laughs> I'm Mitch. I'm Murr. I'm Justine. And I'm Jonathan. Fuck your pun. Uh, <laughs> look at this dad joke. I was, I was trying something new. Hey, I was into it. Trying something new. Mystified. Mystified. Ooh. As you explore the fog. Okay, but what is the real difference between a fog and mist? Is there like a huge difference? I think a fog comes from the ocean. It's it's like a marine layer, basically. Versus a mist can appear anywhere, really. It's just, you know. It could come out of a fucking, I don't know. Where, where do mists come from? Where do mists go? <laughs> it's got to be like water that's been vaporized to a point. So, <laughs> to I a mean, point. Yeah, no, to no, a no, point. Time... So it's like steam coming off of my, my pasta. Is that mist? Technically, yeah. If there was a lot of it. Like what if you got like a really big thing of pasta that was Yo. just ready and then it just like the steam filled up the whole room i think that would be considered a miss okay uh, I have an I'm official answer no, oh I'm, you have an I official, have an official an- wait oh. i want to hear yours Yo. first oh yeah. what's there, your theory there's no okay we want to hear my theory yeah yeah okay so say if theoretically the greek gods are alive and real <laughs> yeah <laughs> well they you know how they would always have like olympic games right it's modern ages. They're fucking having a vape contest right now. <laughs> oh. The gods are having a vape contest. <laughs> Whoa, okay, fucking so real this is very on brand for Zeus. I, I was about to say Zeus is the ultimate fuckboy. Yes. You know he's going to win that competition. I agree. Bro, check out my new fucking mod, Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> no, who was, the, who was the guy in the forge? Wasn't uh, it Hephaestus? Hephaestus, yes. Yeah. yeah. Check out this new mod Hephaestus made for me. <laughs> And then Hades shows up with his modified one. <laughs> it's like an okay. open flame. Tell me what the fuck the difference is between All right. mist it's and It's actually fog. much simpler. The, the official thing that I found was fog and mist differ by how far you can see through them. <laughs> fog is when you can see less than a thousand meters away. And if you can see further than a thousand meters, we call it mist. That's it. Wow. Well, then in the mist, that was more like a fog because that was a thick I agree. Fog. Yeah. I was like, they, they named it incorrectly. <laughs> Because you could actually not see very far. <laughs> well, well, in both shit. cases, these are fogs, but I feel like the fog took it before That's the mist got there. That's an answer from the government, from, from, the government. from the UK government, so they know they're fog. Oh, that's true. <laughs> they got nothing but fucking fog <laughs> yeah. and rain and So gloom. it's an official source.gov website. Mm. <laughs> Sick. So we digress from the definition of the fog and the mist. We were all wrong. <laughs> yeah, it turns out we're all wrong. Yeah, I, I, but I'm glad that we have clarified this now i know i feel wiser i'm i'm ready i'm ready for the world now i feel like there was a lot of small things like that in the movies that were just a bit off like Mm. with the mist having like all sorts of random era vehicles in their movie oh yeah and you know in costumes and stuff it you couldn't put it into a specific period which movie uh the mist Oh, yeah. Yeah, I made note of that because I saw like the fire truck that drove by in the beginning. Which is like the wrong city. Yeah, but then I would look at, you know, judging by the fire truck, I would assume it was maybe like 80s, 70s, 80s. But judging by their clothes, it was more like like 2000s. Well, their clothes were like 50s, 60s. The hairstyle was very modern, like early 2000s, 90s even. Yeah, but then you look at the fucking tanks and you realize, what the fuck? Is this modern warfare? Yeah, (laughs) This is modern warfare. Nice. Mm. Okay. 
which do we want to talk about first? We should talk about the fog first. Yeah. Okay. It's older and it's a little campier. And to be honest, it was like the inspiration for The Mist. Uh, I'm sure Stephen King saw it and was like, I got to write something like this. Mm-hmm. I think it did Stephen King write The Mist after he... It was a got, novella. You know, like, I'm pretty sure. That he wrote. But, okay. Was that after like The Fog came out? I want to say it was, but I am not exactly sure on the I years. will look that up for we you should, right we now. We should double actually. check it. Okay. Real quick, though. The Fog came out in 1980. Yeah. It was directed by that big dick motherfucker, John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> like the third or fourth movie we fucking uh, talked about. Yeah, it's like the fourth movie. Yeah. He's great. And I, I realized that I really like his directing. Yeah. It stars Adrian Barbro. She plays the disc jockey. Jamie Lee Curtis, Scream Queen. Fuck yeah. Uh, it was actually published the same year that the oh, shit. fog came out with 1980. Damn. All right. Uh, Tom Atkins, Janet Lee, and Hal Holbrook. And uh, the budget was $1.1 million, a uh, very fucking low budget. Yeah. And it made $21.3 million in the box. God damn. All right. Nice. Um, that's pretty much all I got. For that, unless you want to hear some production notes. Yes, we always love to hear. So you notes. saw the lighthouse, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a real lighthouse, and it's actually three hundred steps down. I was looking at that shit. Like, <laughs> oh my god, how many steps is that? I like, have an exact number. How how the fuck do you just go to your job every day, go down three hundred, and then get up three hundred every day? <laughs> um, it was pretty weird. And then Stevie Wayne, she basically was pattern her voice after Allison Steele. She was a female disc jockey from the 1960s who was known as the Nightbird. Nice. And this is my favorite fun fact. Um, what is the pirate captain's name? Oh, I don't it know. It starts with a D. Um, it was played by Rob Boutin. And if you don't recognize that name, we talked about it a lot on our on the first episode, I was in from The Thing. He yeah. is the guy who does the special effects for The Thing. All of them. <laughs> it makes sense. So what happened was Rob Boutine went into the studio and he was trying out for a part. He was like, hey, do you have like a monster part in this movie? I love your movies. And he's like, John Carpenter looked at him and he's like, stand up, son. And Rob Boutine was just like, he's going to tell me to get the fuck out. He's like, you're 6'5"? You're hired. Yeah, right. for real, dude. Like 6'5". <laughs> I want you to know that his name is... The name of the pirate captain is... Uh, <clears throat> Blake. Yes, Blake. Blake. <laughs> captain Blake. I thought it was going to be something much more fancy. He's He looks dope. He yeah. has that super great cutlass from like 1900s. This is a great horror film because it goes into like supernatural, like left field by having fucking pirates, <laughs> vengeful pirates. I think it's dope. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, like the '80s love pirates. You have the Goonies. Hell yeah, they yeah. Love pirates. You had like I don't know. You had Hook in the '90s. It's uh-huh. unique. Like it's original IP. Like no one's gonna make shit like Ghost this. Pirates. <laughs> Ghost Pirates. Well, at least they tried and then it failed. No, they it d- didn't. They, they did Pirates a- of the Caribbean did amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. No, they tried to remake The Fog in like 2005 and people fucking hated it. Yeah, you just sh- shouldn't remake 1980s classics. No, you really shouldn't. Looking at you, Pet Cemetery. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Is it really that bad? I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't seen it either, but I'll take your advice. <laughs> the only good one I'd say is like the newer Evil Dead. Newer Evil Dead was dope. It was yeah. really dark. Mm-hmm. And super bloody. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Where she like cuts off her own arm at some point hey, with hey, like a hey, saw. Hey, hey, spoilers. 
<laughs> right yeah oh yeah also spoilers for these movies if you haven't seen them go watch them because that, that's a given with spoil us, it. though <laughs> yeah i feel like you should know this by now yeah he shoots his kid at the end Hey, (laughs) like a minute before help arrives, which is like the most tragic ending. I will get to that. (laughs) We'll get to it. You're getting ahead of everyone. Sorry. The fog is really cool, though. It's a really good 80s movie. Um, I think that it did the ghost story really well. Right. And it's I it, love I, that. Yeah, I That's know. That's such I did a good too. opener. It was such an if such a really effective at creating an atmosphere in the very beginning. Yes, yes. Uh very much like how Suspiria did. I noticed a lot of lighting yeah. choices that were very much like Suspiria. And if you go back and listen to one of our previous episodes, we talk about Suspiria, so you'll maybe notice some of the same things in this film that the other one also exhibited. Um, such as like red lighting in space. There's like a scene where um, like the white haired lady is walking through the church and like it flashes red on her until she hits the shadows. Yeah. And like just like interesting things like that. I liked it. Atmosphere in this movie is really good. I think that the atmosphere definitely works well, especially with the opening scene with the church with like the giant shake in the church and then the, the reveal of the notebook from the dead captain. Which we then, like, we don't get to see the story, but we get to get some glimpses of it. Wasn't it one of the church guys's uh, journal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. They came to this island 100 years ago and they settled, but the people who settled betrayed the captain and sunk the ship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So vengeful ghosts is what they end up being by the, the time they're revealed and what's going on. Somehow this movie was not cheesy. For me, when I rewatched it, which is kind of surprising because most '80s films are really campy and cheesy. At some point, I was like, "This is still pretty good." It was after cheesy. like watching a bunch of horror films. I'm like, this still holds up pretty well. Well, like it was cheesy in the right ways. Yeah, you know? it wasn't like cringy. Like you were watching, like, "Oh, I want to skip this." Like this is not. <laughs> and that's the thing, because like when Stevie Wayne gets on the radio, <laughs> and it's like super. It's that's the thing. I feel like I'm watching like a super chill, like late night horror right. TV show. Well, it's super common to have like. If you were a famous person on the radio or like a DJ, you actually had some prominence. Whereas now it's kind of hard to be famous like that because like you're not just on the radio. You're like just randomly putting shit out into the Internet. And people are like, why should I even listen to you? Right. <laughs> I mean, there's so much things to consume. Like when the right. only thing to consume is the radio, because, you know, the back only then you can't just hook up your iPod to the car and listen to your music. You listen to what's available on the streams. You know? Right. All you had was a few radio stations. Uh, right. <laughs> and you're pretty much a celebrity in your area if you're the radio show host, you know? Fucking people back in the 80s going like, my child is at 844 White Duck Lane. This motherfucker just knows where that is, like, immediately. Like, nobody here has, like, an intuition really like that anymore, I don't think. I don't know no. many people who are just like, where's the address? Oh, we'll just GPS it. Back uh, then, right. it's like... You have traveled all the roads around this area when you moved there, and you've learned and mastered all of them. <laughs> I know. I feel like that's probably like the first thing you do when you come into a new town. You're like, all right, got to figure out how to get around everywhere. What mm-hmm. road is this? What yeah, road exactly. is that? I got five roads in this city. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think that we consider how how different technology is and what a role it played in filmmaking, or especially in like horror movies or any movie rather, and how much it changed how what people do in them. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Both of these movies have a great thing that is like they show off the small town very well. The, the, everyone knows each other. Everyone knows each other by their first and last name, their occupation, their kids, whose kid hit who at school. Uh. You know what I mean? Like 
you have a real sense of like these people have been living here for a while. They know the streets. They know each other's names. They know the mayor. They know everything like that in both movies. It's yeah. kind of nice almost. I would almost kind of want to live somewhere like that just to have that sense of community that's kind of lost in big cities right. like this. It's the more positive aspect of a small town as oh, opposed yeah. to like the religious fanatics that you see in But like the I mist. wouldn't want everybody to know my business at the same yeah, time. Yeah, they're very nosy people. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the other side of it is that yeah. everyone knows your business. And you, you can't, can't really get go away about doing anything. anything. You know, if you're a drunk, everybody knows you as the drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks, like getting labeled the town drunk. Yeah, no closet well, drunks here. I mean, well, it's just Barney. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Barney. Yeah, Barney always sings his alley songs. It's great. We never understand him, nope. but he's all right, you know? There's Barney, you know. Uh, just kind of accept him. He's he an idiot. Comic <laughs> town idiot, you know? So we have this, like, immediate thing going off at 12. That's the thing. It's five minutes before 12. Right. And the witching hour. It, it I thought that was 3 a.m. It, it is, but I feel like movies always want midnight Stroke to be midnight. The, the witching hour. Right. Ugh. Okay, yeah, I can see that. It, yeah. it hits at 12 and everything gets fucked. I mean, what mm. happens? We have cars going off. We have random windows exploding. Basically, just all kinds of fucked shit. Dogs barking, which is always a bad sign. Oh. That actually is a pretty common thing in film, especially horror film. They believe in the superstition that pets or dogs and cats will be able to sense fear in some way. And well, so it's like a visual marker for most people. I feel like it's just that animals are aware of things that humans aren't aware of. Because, you know, we have a limited range of light that we can see and a limited range of sounds that we can hear. Versus dogs and cats go a lot further than that. So maybe they're just aware of something that's already there that we can't perceive quite yet until it, you know, starts moving shit and blowing up shit. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a good piece of, uh, what's the, how do I want to say this? It's a good tool to use in film to be able to have a marker like that because otherwise people are dumb and don't really know what's going on. <laughs> what are you barking at? There's nothing there. Yeah. Except to give everything you that is there. Yeah. yeah. It's like people saying everything's going to be okay and it's never okay. <laughs> right <laughs> like before that. shit hits the fan. Yeah, exactly. Anytime someone says some shit like that or what was the joke they made in Scream where it's like, I'll be right back. <laughs> and they like never come Wait, back. You never say, I'll be right back. Yeah. Yo guys, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> and does it immediately. That's great. <laughs> All right, number another rule: you can't have sex. And everyone's like, "No!" Oh, oh. <laughs> I think they booed him. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then the mist or the the fog comes in, not the mist. The fog comes in, and it's fucking bright. Yeah. And they had to use a lot of tricks with camera work and lighting to get this special tint going. They did a lot of extra stuff for it, and I appreciate the effort because it ends up looking visually pretty cool. Like to me, it felt like when you go into certain like haunted trails kind of things, and you have all these effects going on, and they're trying to like up the scare factor. And that's what they pretty much did on film. And it wasn't just like here's a mist that has like no color or it's like rolling in somewhere. Have you ever been to like one of those haunted things? Yeah, yes. and I fucking hate them. <laughs> I love it. I okay, I did one in North Carolina once. Oh god. North Carolina. Okay. See, I wouldn't go to one in North Carolina. That that's was, just me. That was really uh, fun. And like the person I was with, I would often just like it would be really quiet and I just shake them oh, a little and they're no. like, oh, I fucking hate you. But the highlight of this trip, which was probably the scariest thing, um, they have a really kind of weird vacuum kind of room. It's like 
stuff is super close together and you can't find the exit until you keep running. So I'm, and they blindfold you. What the fuck? Oh, so they're like, do you want to go in this dark room that you could barely like squeeze through? Like if you're bigger, you're not going to be able to get through this. Like oh it's your God. choice. And I was like, fuck it. Let's try it. No. And literally I had to backtrack like four or five times because I kept on running into dead ends. And that's when I realized like I only have like a square foot of air in front of me. Uh. So like, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to have to fucking try this. And the person that I was with did not go. So I was like, I'm on my own. And I literally ran into a woman. She's like, do you know where the exit is? I'm like, lady, I'm in the same boat as you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> See, I couldn't do that. I'm like very claustrophobic. So a room like that. And on top of that being blindfolded. like yeah, It was already what? pitch dark, but they blindfold you. So you're just even more out of it. Uh, no, this is like those scare events where they get your like consent. And they just straight up in. torture you. Yeah. And I'm like, why would you, unless you're like really, really masochistic and you want shit say. to happen to you. Like, why would you go to anything like that? Like they, you're, you're giving them permission to like hit you and shit <laughs> and like throw Shove blood on you and like, mouth. yeah, I'm like, oh man, potentially drown you. Someone showed me one of those videos and I was like, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Why do people do this? Oh man. Ugh. Ghost pirates. <laughs> ghost pirates. I can't, I'm trying to think of any other instance that I know of that has ghost pirates and all I could come up with is Scooby-Doo and Pirates of the Caribbean. Which makes it super dope. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> is ghost ship ghost pirates? <laughs> ghost ship. No, yeah. it just happens to be no, ghosts on a no, sunken yeah, ship. <laughs> they're not pirates. They are not they pirates. gotten the pirate uh, subtype. We should all. do ghost ship though. That is a good like weird horror film. I, nice. I really like the idea of ghost pirates. Like, I wish there were more movies we could just like compare it to. But that's the thing, like pirates that are on long voyages. Doing John crazy Carpenter things. does not make movies that you can compare shit to. People compare their shit to his stuff. Yeah, right? <laughs> that is usually what happens because he's just so iconic in the horror like genre. So creating something like this that's pretty original. I, I mean, the soundtrack for this movie alone is very John Carpenter. Yeah, holy like, shit. The, the, the keyboards, synthiness. Here's all the synth. <laughs> All of his stuff was like What is this? Stranger Things? <laughs> I love that. Or is Stranger Things just like John Carpenter? They, they had a huge boner for John Carpenter when they were making the music. Shout out to Survivor. <laughs> oh, wait. No. Survive is the, the band that... Oh, okay. That. I was like, Survivor? <laughs> yeah. They, they actually, like... They made those tracks underneath their own actual names. They didn't go as Survive. They wanted to get credited as actual fucking musicians. Damn. Um, but yeah, so it's 12, shit's going down, and then we get the Ghost Pirates. And that's when we get our fucking first on-kill screens, or on-screen kills, jeez. And I thought this movie was PG-13, or PG. Nah. I didn't uh-huh. realize it was R. So when I saw that first kill, I was like, oh, this is an 80s film. Fuck yeah. <laughs> what I love about the production for this is that their first uh, finished film, they screened it like privately to just double check things. And John Carpenter's like, this is awful. Like, this is the worst movie I've made. He's, he even said, he's like, I knew it in my heart that this movie was terrible. And so he decided to reshoot a bunch of the stuff and made it gorier because he wanted to comp- compete with other 80s films that were very bloody, which is why you have the kills that you see in the movie. Okay, so have you guys seen SpongeBob? 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, this whole like first scene, well, the first kill scene kind of reminded me of like the hash slinging slasher story from SpongeBob. <laughs> oh my God. And then there will be a knock at the door. Yeah. It's and totally they always is, knock. But... They always knock before they come in. They're very polite pirates, if I do say so myself. They always let you know. And right, then he had, he had the hook hand too. Man. And, and, I, and he's like yeah. a silhouette. <laughs> The whole yeah, time with glowing just eyes. Sil- yeah, with the glowing red eyes. <laughs> it's just like a cardboard cutout. <laughs> hey, it's the slash slinging slasher. <laughs> Shit. I-, I don't know about you guys, but like the knocking at the door was very unsettling. I was oh, just, yeah. Ugh. It's because they upped the sound every time they did it. They're like, here's Dunk. the loudest thing in the fucking movie. Dunk. Dunk. <laughs> Hold on, baby. Somebody's at the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, there's nobody here. The clock just conveniently struck one when I went to go answer the door. It was, just, it was a lot of cliches oh, cool, after. And I mean, yeah. One cool thing about this one, though, and a lot of other John Carpenters, there's always rules. Yeah. yeah. He has oh, very yeah. defined rules, like that you have to be in the fog for yeah. them to actually touch you. you yeah. If you're out of the fog, they can't affect you at all. Right. And they're only out from the times of 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. So yeah. From 12 to 1. <laughs> one hour but they fuck shit up in that hour right for real they're out for six people really just six, just yeah. six people yeah they want blood because they lost their treasure and they were wronged and we learned this through the the pastor right. uh, eventually like giving some context clues like i found this journal yeah because uh, they're gonna have that ceremony to celebrate i'm like, the glad it that. wasn't just a single moment of like here is a spew of story and this is all you need to know. I'm glad it was like random pieces throughout the story. I thought it was really dope when um, she's like, are you going to be ma- making it to, uh, you know, like bless the unveiling of the statue for the people who founded the city? And then he's like, our city was founded by murderers. Oh, shit. And I was like, yo, this guy's serious. He, and he, he gets priest, drunk, too. Is awesome. He gets drunk movie. as fuck. He's like, fuck, man, my whole life's a lie. My grandpa oh, was a shit. fucking bastard. How did you guys feel about this representation of a religious person compared to the one you see in the mist where you have, uh, what was her name? Mm, McCarty? Something like that. The crazy religious lady. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I feel like drunk reverends are always a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they're, they're paying for something. I feel they have some sort of weight and baggage, but like they're aware of it too. And I feel like that was sort of the issue with the other lady. She wasn't really aware of the weight of her actions and her words. And eventually she just kind of caused the whole mutiny towards the end of it, you know, versus this guy was just kind of trying to save everybody, really. She's an interesting one. Miss we'll Carmody about. is her name. Oh, I will talk about her later. Yeah. Miss <laughs> Carmody is an interesting person. Yeah. Definitely. But the priest in this movie is awesome. Because he's probably more religious than she is, or probably more true to the faith than she is, simply because he's willing to like sacrifice himself at the end of the movie. He's like, if you take me so that no one else dies, sort of idea, mm-hmm. and I, I'll like I'll give it up because my grandpa did this. My so grandpa, I'll... my grandfather is the traitor. I'm his kin. Take me. Yeah. Responsibility. Mm-hmm. So that's he, the big difference. He ends there. up being sort of a martyr at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. but he lives though. I'm not mistaken. Well, no, he got his head chopped off. Oh, end, that's right. They damn came it. Back. God damn it. That's right. They came back for Decapitation. What, what's yeah. the main Blake pirate's Blake. name? What was it? Was it Blake? Blake. 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 <laughs> Blake. Yeah. I love that when like they're they're at the church and he's like, Blake. And then they turn the camera and it's just like six guys just danced. Right. 
I was like, that's the best shot in the fucking movie. Right that there. might be one of the best shots of the film. You see the cutlass and everything. Yeah, it's it's very iconic. You could have paused there and taken a picture. I was really there for that heavy ass gold cross, though. Yo. <laughs> that's some bling right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay, I want to yeah. put that on a gold chain. I think we need to do like an edit of that picture and put like a chain around it to look like he's <laughs> yeah. wearing his yeah. gold cross. <laughs> 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 Somebody call for Papa. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Mr. T. <laughs> How did you guys feel about Jamie Lee Curtis's, uh, you know, role as the hitchhiker that comes to a city and has to deal with the paranormal? <laughs> does not surprise me because she usually will play someone who is very supportive in that sense. And it just fits her. They like she always gets well casted into these kinds of films. Her screams are great. <laughs> A.K.A. Oh, why yeah. she's called the scream queen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when she gets that. When she finds the dead body on the on the boat, yeah, yeah, she gets that fucking blood curdling scream. It's awesome. I do wonder how many times that they have to record it though, where they're like, "Nah, it's not right. <laughs> we need you, you to scream. do it again." Can you, can you scream better? Take thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah. Ah! See, see, this is why they hire her. She practices this shit on her own. Can you imagine just being at home and you hear a random scream from your neighbor? <laughs> I mean, I mean, is Jamie Lee Curtis married? Does her like did, did her guy at the time just like, hear her randomly screaming? I was just like, "What happened? What went, what went on? What, what's going on?" She's, She's like, like, I'm. Oh, gee, I'm just practicing. I'm just this practicing. comes with the territory, maybe. You just know. Well, there was that picture on the internet that I saw surfacing. He's like, hi, I'm a voice actor. He put a note on his front door. Hi, I'm a voice actor. I uh, often have to do very annoying or crazy sounding screams and like yells. I'm not dying. Just realize I'm able to work from my home and I'm very happy about it. Thank you. Yeah, don't <laughs> call the cops on me, please. Sometimes I have to play a dying person. God. Um, I really was hoping for a scene where the fog encompasses the ceremony where they're unveiling the statue. Oh, right. And we would just get a bunch of town murder. I was really hoping for it, but oh, best just, thing we got was the lighthouse thing. Which is it's good. I, that, so that makes me think about, how did you guys feel about the ending of it? Did you like the way it sort of wrapped up like that? Sort they of? were paid with blood and paid with gold and they ended yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like, this, they is, broke the curse? this is like, yeah, it's like the curse yeah. is kind of broken. Mm-hmm. With, with a premise this simple, I think that the only way to end it is simply. Just That's give fair. It back. Yeah, That's exactly. Actually, there you yeah. go. It's done. There you go. Story over. I well, think that also makes it work very well for like a small condensed story where you're not going to get it too convoluted. It's like, this is what's happening. That's all you need to know. And then you're just cheering for people to survive. Why not me, Blake? Why not <laughs> me? Bam. (laughs) So do you guys have any final thoughts on the fog? I, I, I really like this movie because I feel like it's one of those horror movies that you cuddle up with like, popcorn you put your blanket over your head it's good for a movie night yeah it's a good movie night movie it's it's interesting but it's also light enough that you're not like feeling horrible after watching it because damn there's some movies that i'm like man i need a fucking cigarette oh yeah the first time watching (laughs) the mist you're kind of fucked up about the ending oh yeah no that was I'm we'll rem- get to that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. I'm, re- I'm reminded of the guy that was like, oh, yeah, I buy a movie pass so I can watch a, a new movie every week. And I got to tell you, it's the worst feeling to uh, watch a movie and it just makes you feel like shit afterwards. I remember that. And then and then we were watching Upgrade and that movie ends on such a bad note. And he's just like, it happened again, boys. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just making yourself feel like shit every week. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I think Justine nailed exactly what the positives are with the fog in that it's yeah. fun. It's a d- good story. It's well written. It creates the horror atmosphere that you might be looking for without being too much for most people. I think it's accessible. It's an accessible horror movie. Definitely. Yeah. I'd recommend it to people if you're just trying to see a quick hour and a half horror movie that's fun. That's also made by John Carpenter. That, yeah. <laughs> the big dick motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big JC in the house. <laughs> Flop it on the table. Then this Anyways. is a good time to move into The Mist, which oh, is a lot heavier, more serious. It is a lot the heavier. Mist. There's so much fog in this movie. <laughs> so much fog in The Mist. That shit's thick. And one of the better adaptations of one of Stephen King's works. I will get into production notes real quick. The Mist was made in 2007, or released in 2007. It's based on the 1980 novella The Mist by Stephen King. It's written by Frank Darabont, um, also directed by Frank Darabont. If you don't know or recognize that name, he's the guy that did The Walking Dead. Didn't he also do The Shawshank Redemption? And The Shawshank Redemption. As well as The Green Mile. And the Green Mile. Yo, <laughs> yo, those are also two great interpretations of, of Stephen, of Stephen King book. Yeah, absolutely see those. So well, he wanted to start with The Mist, but then it was like, no, I'm not good enough for it yet. And did these other two films and then did The Mist. I mean, I think it worked Which well Which is a him. good choice for him to do because he made really good movies with all three. He did The Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. That's a fu- that's like considered one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it stars Thomas Jane, Marsha Gay Harden, Lori Holden, and just an Andre ensemble Brockford. cast. But it also stars so many Walking Dead actors. Yeah, it really yeah. does. <laughs> Lori Holden, Jeffrey Demon, Melissa McBride, and Juan Gabriel Pereira. I, w- I saw Mel- Melissa McBride just like, does anyone want to help a lady home? And I was like, I'll oh. take you home, <laughs> Carol. Ends up okay <laughs> at the end of the movie, too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I thought the guy who plays... Uh, dale in the walking dead he fucking killed it in this movie like the his expressions he's the guy old guy that comes in running with the bloody nose yeah that's right he kills it in this movie i had to think about that for a second um and just the last note it made eight or the budget was 18 million it made 57.3 million in the box office wasn't the main dude the guy who played the punisher yeah. Okay, I thought and so. I'll, I'll say something really funny about that in just a moment. <laughs> just some other random notes that you might want to know. Stephen King says that he's generally frightened by this adaptation of his novel. And he even said, you finished my story better than I could. Yeah, that was great. It's crazy to think that the author liked the ending of the film better than his own book. <laughs> it's really rare that that happens too. <laughs> yeah. And... um. So he also showed him a pre-screening and when the bug first hits the window, <laughs> everyone saw Stephen King jump out of his seat. Oh, that's great. And he's like, I got him with the oldest <laughs> trick in the book. <laughs> Classic jump scare. I'm just wondering, how do you scare Stephen King? I feel like he might be a jumpy dude. Yeah. I write horror and I'm a jumpy person. This is true. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I feel like Stephen King has like an like mental obsession with writing. Oh, definitely. Um, and it might be like a problematic thing for him. <laughs> um, uh, but he was also like a heavy like alcohol and drug user as well. Like during a lot of his writing career, like I think I've said this before on here, but he doesn't remember writing Cujo. Yeah, like, he that's doesn't crazy. remember writing that book. He's and, just uh, like, what the fuck did I? <laughs> Why did I, I write? I, I this? read so much Stephen King when I was younger. So like, Same. I like Salem's Lot, Cujo, Christine. 
it yeah. fucking uh dream like fucking dream catcher i read the cell i read like all of his fucking books damn he's a yeah i read a lot writer. of stephen king uh, oh. he's he's a good storyteller not a great writer yeah that's my that's my <laughs> argument clarification that's that's my argument i was but, uh, yeah, i was saying bad. that shit earlier <laughs> um so real quick there's another quick note i'm trying to remember oh yeah so this had a very like fast production it was like 37 weeks very fast and they had to split it into two different crews to man the movie oh dang um and then i believe when the bugs start coming into the actual grocery store yeah they had to hurl baseballs and then placed it over the, place the cgi over the baseballs <laughs> that's funny <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> just throwing a bunch of baseballs at these people <laughs> um also where is it at oh yes so Stephen King initially got the idea when he was in a main market and saw that like the entire storefront was made of glass. And he was just like, I wonder how that would be if giant bugs crashed through it. Just intrusive thoughts. Like, That's mm. a great intrusive creative idea that hits you at a random time. So the Punisher. Right. The main character or yes. main father. So he, you know main how the main father. father has to grab a comic book for his son? Yes. They originally wanted it to be a Punisher comic. Okay. Um, but he declined because he had a falling out with the producers of the Punisher. Oh. So instead, he grabs a Hellboy comic book because they're friends. Well, with shit. With Ron Perlman. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's interesting. There's a lot of weird things like that that happen with production. Like, they wanted Stephen King to be in the film. But he's like, nah, I don't want to travel. And so he just wasn't in the movie. What do you think I am? St- like Stan Lee? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Stan Lee loved being in movies. He showed yeah. up for anything. Yeah. What an OG. Well, yeah. here, here's Love the thing him. also. He is in the movie. Well, The pharmacy yeah. is called King's Pharmacy. Yeah. There's, like, a shelf there's a shelf of books. definitely a thing for him. There's a shelf of books that gets knocked down in the movie that's all Stephen King novels. <laughs> well, the, o- the opening images are right. one of the Dark Tower, which is a Stephen King book. Yep. And then also the thing is over there, yep. too. And Pan's Labyrinth. Reference. And Pan's the Labyrinth is also there. Damn. In case you didn't know who wrote this story. Basically, yeah. the studio that had like all the production rights for these films was like, you know what you should do? <laughs> Put all of our film posters in there. And then they put them all in that hey, opening scene. That Clint Eastwood poster that he was making looked bad for the ass. Dark Tower. Yeah. yeah, I wish the Dark Tower was a better movie, but it wasn't. <laughs> I felt like this movie was a really good Walking Dead episode. Like it plays out like one, and it, it makes sense why he would make the Walking Dead after this movie. Three right? Years. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we actually so in the film itself, it says that it's a novella. And me and Justine actually clarified what the meaning of that is. So it's technically shorter than a novel, but longer than a short story. So that's what they ended up calling novellas, is things that are in between. So yeah. the story isn't too complex, but it's just long enough to not be a short story. It's 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 like a really tiny book. Yeah. Uh, like like I read one one novella I've read is called The Machine Stops. Yeah. Which is a very which is also a novella, but it's really short. That's me like forty pages. Is long. that the one about the machine that tells you when you're gonna die? No, the machine stops is a dystopian book where like all like humanity has gone underground and lives in like these preordained boxes. Oh, okay. And they like like talk to each other through little blue screens yeah. and like give lectures. Then people can like chime into whatever lecture they want to, and stuff like that. It's like a really interesting uh like it was written in like oh my god like the early 1900s. Nice. I Whoa. think so. It's like yeah, but it's like predicting Facebook yeah. and social media. Oh, so many. Books are like that. Oh, it's like, weird. What was it? In the 1970s, they had I Have 
no mouth and I must scream. Oh, geez. And that's that's one where like a super giant AI computer yeah. literally destroys all of the world, but he keeps five survivors alive so he could torture them. <laughs> and that's, and he like basically like, ru- he this is really brutal, but like he makes them go through their biggest fears as humans yeah. over and over again daily until eventually they realize that they could kill their, themselves. So they kill themselves and he's super pissed off because he doesn't have a plaything anymore. jeez. Oh, <laughs> That's such a like cynical, vengeful, very sadistic computer. Yeah. So this was quite a tangent. Right. So I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna reel us back, back in. One thing about about the mist um, is that Stephen King described the creatures that came out of this portal that's opened because that's like the big reveal is that the military was like working with interdimensional creatures. Project Arrowhead. Like, pro- yeah. Project Arrowhead. Yeah. You don't see Project fucking fuji water doing this shit yeah <laughs> arrowhead doing it fuck arrowhead same with dasani dasani fuck ain't doing dasani. shit fuck dasani dasani's yeah. not even water that's not even water <laughs> yes, it is. dasani does make water no it's not it's even not water. oh <laughs> i understand that's the joke okay <laughs> I, that went shit. over my head they literally <laughs> put like Coke. a goop into it yeah they just pump it's it with goop. water <laughs> okay Why? all right it the, fizzes when you open it anyway wild, the, yeah. the real horror here is dasani <laughs> Simply because they put salt in their water and you must drink more water. Oh, it thanks, dehydrates Co- you. Thanks, Coca-Cola Company. All right, sorry about this tangent. So yeah. so back back from the tangent of water companies opening portals. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we'll get back to that at like another episode. Check the Patreon. It was supposed to be in the movie. He wrote the scene in the beginning where the portal is open too long. But I think he felt like it would be too sci-fi to start with. And yeah. he wanted to focus on the people inside of the store as opposed to the and like plus, what's going on. I feel like it would take away some of the mystery aspect. Because I think yeah. that is what really makes this movie. Is that you don't really know what's going on. Like even until like the end, you're yeah. still kind of like, what the fuck you is You kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah. What and is this portal and how does it get such giant creatures out of it? That's what I was wondering. That's, that's, that's one thing. But Stephen King describes the uh, monsters and whatnot in the book as Bosch looking, <laughs> nice. as if he's referring to like Bosch like art from like the 1500s, mm-hmm. where they would like depict like different depictions of hell. So that was his inspiration oh, for yeah. these ideas. And so he kind of, our, our director here kind of did the same thing. And so that's where you get all these like the religious ideas coming in with uh, Mrs. Kadri. I think whatever hell her name is. I keep forgetting her name. Yeah, yeah. Miss Miss Cadry, but that's where it comes into that because then you get like this medieval style, like Old Testament, like Miss Carmody. Yeah, Miss Carmody. There you go. Oh no, I got some huge Eldritch vibes from this. Just like yeah, crazy amount of tentacles. Too. The giant beast in the middle of the movie. Oh, that's God. huge. It's like shaking the ground as it walks. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it's like a mesh of both of those ideas, though. So you've got like the religious apocalyptic idea, then you have like Lovecraftian horror interdimensional things and those two worlds come colliding in this like movie it's pretty cool so i like how it boxes everyone in you like kind of get to meet like the main character there is a big storm and like their stuff got fucked up so they have to go back into town and then they meet their neighbor and they go to town to get supplies and everyone's everyone in the town is basically in there trying to get supplies from a natural disaster kind of reminded me of march um, oh man! Uh, but that's when fucking Dale from The Walking Dead runs in and says the mist, and he's like bloodied. He's like, close the fucking him. doors. <laughs> Shit! What a fucking scene. Yeah, and uh, I mean, this guy's like, fuck this! I'm gonna go out there and get to my truck. Gets killed immediately. 
it's a I think it's a good way to start the horror in a film as opposed to like uh, a specific something else to happen. I think it's great to start it off with just a panic from someone and no one knows what's going on. And that like breaks the intro of the movie where like things were kind of rolling slowly and it's like, nope, you're into the horror now. This is when yeah. the official horror movie starts. And then everyone is like, you get all the responses from a small group of people. What's going to happen in like a high pressure situation? I want to leave. I want to go get my yeah. child. Is everything going to be okay, mommy? Bits. Yes, yeah. everything will be okay. Exactly. Uh, I, one of the best uh, descriptions I saw was somebody thought it was an allegory for the time of the George W. Bush era of like how people were responding to like uh, religious fanaticism during that time where people were trying to blame other countries for saying like their religion was the reason why all of these terrible things were happening. And so someone took that allegory and expanded it to the film and it works pretty well. Mm-hmm. So that was something, but it's, ba- it's mainly uh, a commentary on how people are going to act with each other as opposed to the threat outside. The most dangerous thing that I think in the movie, if they like stayed inside was each other. They end up murdering some person and feeding him. Yeah, they, I mean, they have that little dialogue scene where it's like, well, I think things could get back to normal maybe. And it's like, well, think about it. You give, you give man technology, you take that away and then you take fucking the police away and then man has to fight for himself. Yeah, that's what the, that's what the dad says to them. He's like, yeah, yeah, people are going to be okay. But what happens when you take away all these things that they take for granted? You have this religious fanatic with four (laughs) followers. Tomorrow will be eight. Then it'll be 16. And then they're trying to sacrifice someone to appease the gods. And I say she's a fanatic because she uses this fear that people have of something and her like religious knowledge to scare people and to get them to do what she wants. Because there's not bad religious people. Like, you've definitely met someone who's religious and they're a good person to be around. She's the opposite of that. <laughs> She's going to make you do terrible things. I mean, let's just talk about that biker dude before he went out. Yeah, he like, says it. Yeah, he's like, look, lady, I believe in God, but not your bloodthirsty God, you know? Yeah, he's not such a fucking bloodthirsty asshole like you're but, making him out to be. Yeah, he, right. Here's the crazy thing, though. She's always right. Yeah. yeah. And that's the worst part. <laughs> that's the worst part. Yeah. So that's what really gets people is that she she's never wrong the whole film. She's, I think she's just conveniently right the she's, whole time. She's reading the entire book of Revelations. Oh, my God. Part from part. Like, yes, the, de- the demons will come out at night. Blood must be paid. Locusts ascend upon the people. Everything like that is coming to fruition. So she keeps saying like your child has to die for this to end right sort of idea and then at the very ending of the movie when all of it ends his child is dead isn't that the story of abraham right there i believe so yeah yeah he sacrifices his own child well he was about god asked him to sacrifice his child eventually god's like you know what jk you don't have to kill your kid but in this case he actually did kill his kid and then it turned out he didn't really need to (laughs) yeah Uh, i like the cast that they had for like the eight people that were sane enough you know, just like, we need to get the fuck out of here. Like, Yo. Oh, Ollie. Ollie Wiggs. Yes. Best uh, fucking yes. guy in the movie. Yes. Ollie oh. is the fucking king. God. Ollie is king. The best. I was about to say that, but <laughs> me and Murr, uh, we're vibing right now. I know. Ollie is our man. Ooh, I feel those vibes. I know yes. him as the guy, the bad guy from Captain America Yeah, exactly. One. I also know him as the bad guy from Jurassic World 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also the bad guy. No. Yeah, he's a good bad guy. Yeah. You know, he's got that. He's got a, an interesting face. I think is what it is. He's it's so why they look casting him. Yeah. yeah. 
He's a fucking badass in this movie. Everything he does, like he's just a normal guy. It's like an expert marksman with the pistol. Yeah, that <laughs> just like Ollie, you can't shoot that gun. He's like a uh, world state champion in nineteen. <laughs> As he loads it, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Are he you?" Does drink- not miss. He does not miss a single no, shot in this nope. movie. Are you drinking beer, Lanjob? <laughs> yeah, I am. Now shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Stephen King character to have, too, oh, yeah. as a character like that. To break your typical stereotype of, like, the macho man to be in charge, they had this guy who seems this very, very small. Yeah. His last that name was, was weak. That was definitely yeah. something I noticed a lot of the characters in this movie, is I feel like there was definitely two types of people. There was, like, you know, the yeah. little, like, towny people, kind of, like, hick macho men in the beginning oh, that were, like, talking shit to this the artist dude. They're like, don't know? be scared. Are you trying to condescend me just because you went to college? I know. Oh, fuck that comment about going to college i can't tell you how many times i've heard that it's like oh you think you're so smart with your college education yes ma'am i do sorry (laughs) i mean he gets his justice though when when uh the old lady's like are you gonna go out there oh yes what's his name you're you're billy right billy whatever bunch of underachievers yeah you and your sister (laughs) bunch of underachievers come on boy that old lady she's fucking great so she's uh, she's the opposite of these old people that do not want to listen to anything new she was like no fuck you i'm tired of hearing your shit she's like i got plenty of things here to throw at you yeah we got all these peas yeah (laughs) they stone people in your religion right yeah the can of peas that was iconic Yeah. yeah she also makes that Fucking crazy flamethrower real quick. That was awesome. I know she just comes out so casual too. She's like, I know what to do. (laughs) Too prepared. The world here really does feel dangerous in this movie too. Like when they take any expedition outside, they did a good job. Yeah, definitely. It's always like risk as well as like people just being ignorant and not listening to anyone as well. And then just doing whatever they yeah, want. Yeah, You got the crazy fucking lawyer guy who sues everyone. Any chance he gets, he assaulted me. You saw it. You yeah. could be a witness. Just like fucking shut up. All I could think of was Brooklyn nine, nine. <laughs> that's, <where I> <laughs> yeah, that's all I could think of when I saw him. I was like, that's the okay. dude. That's the, that's like the chief. <laughs> but like, Mitch was saying, anytime anyone leaves, there's six of them that leave, and we get the half of the biker left because he's trying to go for the shotgun. The yeah. guy's like, "It's the red pickup. My shotgun's in there. Shells in the fucking in the <laughs> glove compartment. In the glove compartment. You got some brass balls, son." And, he, and then I love it. Ollie's like trying to give him a little knife, and he just takes out a fat big ass Bowie knife. <laughs> he's like, "No, I got it. Don't worry about it." But like that, that was is... a phallic reference, just saying. Oh, totally. They're like, yeah, I've got the bigger dick. <laughs> do, you, do you need a dick? No, I've got a giant dick right <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, this is, this is the big balls motherfucker who's about to go outside. Yeah, it's fine. And well, he does literally get cut in half, so. So then we get, like, the meat and potatoes of this movie with the religious woman, like, talking to herself in the bathroom saying, God gave me the power Dude. to talk to these people. And then, like ultimately like you're making fun of me and my faith aren't you and she's like no i just want a friend i'll fucking shit on the ground and call that my friend before i have you that in my was life gnarly she's like if i ever need a friend like Dang. you i'll pop a squat somewhere and shit it out i was like yeah. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i was like that is an insult i might actually use that <laughs> heavy <line. laughs> insult from the religious lady she did not give a fuck there's always something interesting too is like aren't religious people supposed to be very like all love and light and welcoming and you know ah. <laughs> depends on what part of the bible they read because <laughs> yeah. if it's the old testament that's very fire and brimstone some of them are part chaotic of the bible you good. actually choose to listen to because <laughs> exactly. as we know most religious people like to pick and choose what they believe out of the bible most of them are judgmental as fuck too oh yeah 
Yeah, and she ends up being that way. She like will immediately call judgment on a lot of people in the film and says it during like her mini sermons. Talk the marine. Oh my god. Uh, oh, that made me sad. Yeah, he comes. He to was find, just trying you know, to do his job, man. He, he comes to find both of his friends killed themselves. Yeah, and immediately after, like they're like. He said it was his fault. Sacrifice. He said it was his fault. And, oh, and then also watched girlfriend get stung in neck and then die. Yeah. And, and she was nice. And you were like, wow, well, I bet she's going to be important, right? Nope. No. <laughs> I guess not. She is not important. Dude, no. That first scene where the bugs are coming and the giant pterodactyls are coming through, that shit was hectic as fuck. You got people trying to light moths or mops on fire and they can't get their lighters to work. Light themselves on they fire. They light themselves on fire. That fucking sucks, dude. That guy fails so hard. I know. <laughs> he like slips and falls, throws the gas. When you roll one, you, know, you just roll one and then <laughs> yeah, everything goes to shit. Whole fucking that. shit. And then he just ends up on the ground burning and then dies from his burn wounds. Everything in that the religious lady says comes true though, and so, I understand why the people with fear in them would follower it's kind of interesting too because the, one of the creatures lands on her and does not sting her I she like says a prayer like, yeah and like it like leaves her alone i, I low-key feel like it's kind of like a bee thing you know like you don't if a move bee frantically lands on you, yeah if you're like chill it'll go away i yeah. feel like it's the same thing with that bug because she was just like oh yeah take that's me. true well her dramatic line was that you know god could take her life then if he wanted to but then he doesn't so she's like i've been confirmed as his voice here on earth and you're like whoa <laughs> you're like, oh, god. oh man and it gets worse from there I'm extremely happy that Ollie ends up shooting her because you're just like, I am tired of this person. I've never been so frustrated watching a film than when she's like spewing all of this stuff to people. I'm like, this is so bad. You're making this situation so much worse. Please shoot her. <laughs> shoot her. Thank he, I you. love it too because afterwards he's like, I shot her. I killed her. <laughs> he was uh, like, thanks, Ollie. Had to be done. <laughs> had to be done. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying he was too ready for that. One in the gut, one in the head. Like, I feel like he'd he really done that did. before. <laughs> oh, God. It's just a murderer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Craziest thing is someone is married to her. Oh, yeah. She was married. Yeah. Huh? Uh, yeah. Was Someone's husband, married though. to that. Really? I thought yeah. she was uh, just a neighborhood crazy Yes, It's an MRS. She's married. Murray. Oh, married. She's married. married. What if she's just saying that, you know, when like someone's widowed? She's married to God. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right. But that's the thing. This movie makes you love Toby Jones for doing the thing that we always wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. It's very, it, it gives you that satisfying bit of the movie. But I, then it gets all downhill from I there. I feel so bad that he died. He yeah. gets killed by that giant crab thing. It, like, thing. picks him up. Yeah. You never really get a huge view of them, like, a clear view of them. You get a clear view of the smaller ones, but any of the bigger ones, you just see, like, a shadow. Like, an I outline. I think it works. Although that, great. like, yeah. gargantuan thing at the end, mm-hmm. you get a pretty good look at that. Yeah. And it's just, it leaves a lot to your imagination, which is usually works much better when it comes to some of the horror films. The spiders. Those things are gnarly. They have, like, acid webbing. Acid webbing. Did you see that? Like, there was one shot where it shot the dude's leg and it wrapped around the whole thing, cutting it off. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then he just dies in the store <laughs> from all yeah, that's the thing. He ripped the skin off of his leg. Like, uh, yeah. Really... And then you, you see... A great bit of body oh, horror for that. You see that part where he's like, it's all our fault with the military police. He's and then he falls bunch. over and the, oh, his back explodes so with all yeah. the spiders. Yeah. He just explodes in the spider. I, I loved that scene. Because it was just so like, oh, God. <laughs> That's like one of the things I absolutely hate seeing in film is like just thousands of bugs coming out of a carcass. Like mm. whether it's maggots or anything more sinister, like, no, nah. <laughs> that's so gross. It's that time. 
What? The ending. Oh, okay. Uh, right. So I was like, point of view. So this movie, I think this ending solidifies <laughs> it as a complete tragedy. Like the ending that happens here because they're like out of gas. They have nowhere else to go. They have a gun. They're like, all right, we're going to shoot everyone in the car. But they find out they do not have enough bullets for everyone. Just or, one short. And that's when, I mean, it even pans. The guy's like, I guess I'll figure it out myself. He As you're hearing this them. giant gargantuan thing in the background. <laughs> he shoots them in quick succession too. One, two, three, four. And then like loses his shit and gets out. There's a delay on the sun though. Yeah, There's you're right. Slight There's a delay slight delay on, on the, his son, on yeah. Can tell the Which I can assume, yeah, is only his son. Yeah. I would have thought the son would be the first to go, so he wouldn't have to sit there and watch everybody get shot. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. You don't even see it. You see the side shot of a car with muffled gunshots, and it's just, it hurts. Yeah. In film, they can't really show a kid getting shot in the face, no matter what the rating is. Yeah. I know, but I mean, like, <laughs> it, I think it just... It hits you more because you're yeah, just, you, you know. imagine like what would It's still just like not being able to see the full picture. I feel yeah. like that's a big running theme of this movie. Is it like works You never really get well. the full idea. So do you guys know like how the book ends? They just keep driving. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a, it's like a leaves on Open like a ended. hopeful note sort of yeah. deal. Yeah. As well as apparently he's been like hooking up with the lady that they yeah, leave with. Yeah. He apparently. has an affair with the lady yeah. he meets in the store, but he didn't want to show that in the film for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, just some interesting tidbits about how the uh, the uh, movie and novella. Differ. It probably wouldn't have made you feel as bad for him. Yeah, in the ending, I think is why he wanted the effect to be greater. So he was like, "Yeah, he was a like a nice, noble person all the way through." Mm-hmm. And you're knight and shining. Yeah, armor. and then he just doesn't. I think one of the scariest things also is they're like, "How far does the mist go?" You know, right? Is it just yeah. our county? Is it just our state? The whole it eastern could be the seaboard. Whole world. Yeah. It could be the whole world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but as we know, <laughs> as, as this killing happens, I mean, within what, 15 like, seconds, 10, 30 it's like seconds, a minute. maybe a minute. If he had waited just a minute. <laughs> I mean, he's a very bad crier. I'll be, I'll admit. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He never even had I'm tears. I'm glad I'm not the yeah. only he one that no thought tears. that. They could have uh, squirt him with something. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just saying he needs to take lessons from Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah get yeah. some real screams. Learn from the scream queen herself here, here is something i did want to say though is that i i think that there's a take that I, I i heard about this movie where it's sort of like he is being punished for basically exuding pride oh, and that's wow. one of the things because he's prideful about he's more like i'm taking care of my son i'm not helping anybody else i'm not gonna like he argues with his neighbor about the boathouse and like we need to change and exchange insurance right now like after like a big catastrophe just happened his neighbor's cars destroyed and whatnot and then it's just like, I don't know, there's a lot of like little instances like that where he thinks he should take the lead on things. He should be doing this. So in a sense, was he then punished for his pride? In a way. Yeah. yeah. In a way. Like literally leaving the group is like leaving salvation in a way. If like Yeah, because they're group, all saved pretty much. Yeah, yeah. They're all, yeah, all everyone there who is saved, quote unquote. But they all do end up getting saved in the end, which is the crazy bit. So, after this rapid succession of bullets and a very bad crying scene, <laughs> we have not a gargantuan, but a military tank with people cle- cleansing the area of any fucking flame eldritch throwers. flames. And you have refugees and the mist clearing within yep. a minute after him shooting and Damn. killing his entire, like, quote unquote, family from and this. And now he's got to live with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. that. That fucking hurts. 
this was one of the hardest endings for me to see in yeah, a movie. Yeah, it's a harsh ending. <laughs> you don't really see endings like this too often. You either have like everyone fucking die or like people who survive and you're happy about it. Mm-hmm. I honestly yeah. thought they were going to have a new life together with the blonde woman. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they're just going to be like grandma, grandpa, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, what son. You know, and that was all just going to be like that. But no, the movie took that away from us. He was it said no. The main character was um, actually like the guy who directed the movie came to him and said, I want you to play Rick Grimes in, Wa- in The Walking Dead. Oh, shit. And he turned it down. And that Damn. was a big regret. I bet. I bet. After <laughs> 10 seasons of the show. Yeah. yeah. Come on, dude. I, I think Rick Grimes kind of kills it, though, in that movie or in the show. Like, yeah. he cries oh, better no. than that guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. He has some pretty terrible moments where he's, like, lost his wife and his child. But that's the thing, though. Can you... I mean, after watching this, do you understand how he was able to come and make The Walking Dead? Like, it just yeah. seemed... Like, this seemed like a Walking Dead episode, but fucking Eldritch edition. It's got the same vibes. It's yeah. very dark. It's not meant to be, like, ending on a positive note. It's terrible social commentary on people in high stress situations especially what they would do to each other oh yeah and to like to survive and then what he does in the end to like he's like in his mind he's like if i kill them then they don't have to like face what's going on outside but if he had just waited a little bit longer and like thought things through just a bit more they would have all been saved so it's like it's like a a piece of commentary on people's like decisions on what they're gonna do and why they've made these choices and then what you pretty much have to live with afterwards and so it's like, he's probably not going to forgive himself, like, ever. He's probably mentally fucked up. Yeah. He's going to have, like, a mental break, like the other guy who just goes to the religious side because he doesn't want to believe in the truth. So it's like, they have all these moments of people breaking in different ways or, like, kind of stepping up and doing a lot of cool shit like what fucking Ollie does. <laughs> so it's just like, it's a great micro what is the word like a version of society but put into a store and they had a pretty good variety of people in the store it wasn't like just one single thing and then eventually it turns into one side versus the other it multiplied like they said yeah and they wanted to sacrifice the son crazy she was like grab uh she grab the child and the whore (laughs) you're like whoa (laughs) uh and then just ended up getting shot which is like one of the better moments of the movie. And then oh, the yeah. ending is like, I can't think of another ending that was quite like that one where it's like, it's just bleak at the end. The descent. Oh yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that. That the descent is another movie. Damn. That is good. Where you find out she just never escaped. Oh yeah. No, she does not escape. Yeah. At all. It's She's great. just stuck in there. <laughs> she imagines it. And then like wakes up in the middle of the cave. That's a good, God, this is a good switcheroo in yeah. that movie. Like, yo, she's out. Yes. No. no. Yeah. Oh we also God. talked about that one, so if you want to go yeah, hear go, about yeah, the, go back and watch go that about episode. the descent, we talk about that one. What was it? The descent and what was the other movie uh, we did with that? Fucking Wolf Boys or no? What was it? Dog, <laughs> dog Soldiers? Dog, dog soldiers. soldiers! Hell yeah, that's yeah. a great movie. Wolf I love boys. Dog Soldiers. That's <laughs> dog yeah. Boys, Dog Soldiers. That's right. Yeah, you get a dude who fights a fucking werewolf barehanded. Yeah, it's so great. I love that. That was Gnarly. so good. Anyway, uh, but, I hope I give you the shits. Yeah, I hope I give you the shits. <laughs> so good. Yes. Do you guys have any final thoughts then on The Mist? Yes. Um, it's respected by the person who wrote it. Yeah. That so, should say enough about it. Yeah, Stephen King loves this movie. He even said the ending was better. That should say a lot. 
fucking hurts. <laughs> it hurts. It says gonna... a lot about his like his like humble nature as well, where he's just like, you can make my work better if you want. I don't care. Yeah. That's he cool. gives out a lot of stories where he's like, you want to pick this story up and do something with it? Buy it for like a cent and you can go and do whatever you want with it. He's done that with a lot of stuff that he's written. He put in he puts it into like an archive where you can go and purchase like the IP rights and then you can take the story and do whatever you want with it. He's done so many short stories like that. So definitely like giving back to the community in a unique way. Cause he just has so many, it's like you said, he probably has an obsession, which is creating new stories and then doesn't follow through on a lot of them. Cause he's filthy rich at this point. I mean, uh, <laughs> one of his stories, um, he threw in the trash and then his wife saved it and said, you should finish this. It's really good. Which one was that one? I can't remember what book it is though. I, It'd be I, great if it was the shining. I think it was, <laughs> it, it could have been like, it could have been like, it could have been the shining or like it or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess his wife saved his work. So I guess she has a lot of like influence on his stuff. Man. Can you imagine what it'd be like just to live with him and be like, what are all these ideas? Like, uh, why is this house just full of stacks of paper everywhere? <laughs> why? I feel like he's like a hoarder, but with books and papers yeah, and all definitely. that kind of like one, random shit. One thing that this movie doesn't have that most Stephen King stories has is a, like psychic being or like someone who is otherworldly to like the other to well, like in a sense them, i of. feel like that religious lady would be the exception because you know she's not obviously not like powerful in that sort of way but she does she she's protected she has like a shield of faith around her basically which in a sense is sort of supernatural i stand corrected <laughs> <laughs> what would you guys rate these films Oh shit, we're there right now. Yeah. Damn. It's almost it's, but they had fun. This was fun though. <laughs> anyway, I mean, do I, you have I, any other thoughts? Rating... Well, okay, I have one thing uh, yeah. I would like to say about The Mist. Yeah. I think that this is a good movie to watch for quarantine. Because I think oh, this is a point. really good like dramatization of what happens when people are like confined into a space and everything that's going on outside around them is completely unknown and they're just sort of in the dark receiving information as it comes to them, but only little small bits of information. And I think it really shows how people get stir crazy. They start blaming each other for shit that they really don't understand and they never really seek to truly understand. No. They just kind of take things at face value and run with it. Well, the lawyer does, but we don't know if he actually died. He does, does with, he? along with the other five people and the biker. That's what that was supposed to signify. Oh, okay. Because it's like, you're going to go with them and get the shotgun. Okay, cool. We're going to give you, we're going to tie rope around you. See how far you guys could get. If you guys could get that far, you come back. I thought they just separated and went somewhere else. But nope, there's they, probably a super high chance. So all, all of them died. Well, shit. Um, so they, they, that's how they figure out 300 feet is the limit before shit gets real. <laughs> before shit gets real. <laughs> I give these movies both solid eights. I enjoyed them very much. I agree with that. Yeah, solid eights are good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eights all around. Yeah, as I, I think I would agree <laughs> too. Either either eight. I would even probably give the mist a nine because I feel like it's pretty well written. The, I'll give it relevant now. Yeah, I, I give the mist an eight point five for that ending because that ending. Yeah. <sighs> the ending is fantastic for a horror film because it does not give any satisfaction to the people watching it. <laughs> and it has a great effect. I just think of that meme where it's like that kid, like super pissed. That shit hurt it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, the characters don't seem one dimensional to me at all. 
like you get to see a lot of their motives for why they did certain things <laughs> and they end up kind of giving a pretty good reason for why they make the choices in the film as well as seeing how people respond in like larger groups so i would definitely give the guy a lot of credit for adapting it well into a film but was there anything else no <laughs> uh <laughs> Do the outro stuff. Uh, you know what? Uh, the The Mist is a is a great tragedy, and The Fog is a great '80s horror movie. They're just they're just great at what they do. Yeah, solid, solid. Yeah. <laughs> Cue outro. While we, <laughs> while we dance. Oh God. <laughs> so you can find it all on. Why don't you do it this time? Wait, want me to do it? Yeah, uh, 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 so you can find us on a bunch of websites that have URLs <laughs> and other streaming services that you usually listen to things on. We're on like Stitcher and like Apple Podcast and like <laughs> I don't know how to do this. You do it all the time, so you have it like memorized. Give John. it a trimer. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, you could find us always on our Patreon where we put new content every week, as well as find us on all the streaming services such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, basically anything that streams podcasts. Also, you should check out the social medias where we post content pretty much daily horror related stuff. That's going to be on our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Instagram. Uh, also, give us a review on the Apple Podcast. It would really help us out a lot because uh, we love to hear the feedback. If you have recommendations for movies, you can always hit up the Patreon. Give us a couple dollars. We will definitely put it into consideration. Also, if you just want to message us, if you have any thoughts on the movies, maybe you want to argue with us, maybe you want to tell me, hey, Murr, you suck. That's fine. Um, but, yeah, thank you for listening to Bringing Down the Grindhouse. We love you. Wow. And shout out to our two patrons. Eric and Anthony. Yes, exactly. Oh, by the way, Eric uh, has made one request for a movie. Yeah, he wants to see uh, what, Redline? Yeah, he wants us to do a review of Redline. Fantastic movie. That'll be coming up soon, guys. It's a non-horror episode, and it is an anime movie, if I'm right. I I think we should expedite this one, because this is the first time we've done like a fan-requested thing. I think we should expedite it. Yeah, no, that'd be good. Uh, I'm more than happy to talk about that. And if you want an expedited fan submission <laughs> we cannot reiterate this enough there is something a website with a p called patreon that helps us out a lot and you could get the content you fucking need <laughs> do yourself a favor yes then i hope everyone has a good night you're beautiful i'm mitch i'm mer i'm justine and i'm jonathan thank you with the late night show <laughs> <laughs>